Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Young Bucks podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospects podcast of choice. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Prugar. As always, Corey, it was O'Neill Cruz day on Monday. He finally got called up. They were listening to our podcast or <laughs> certain deadlines passed. Well, it's awesome. We're not going to spend a lot of time on Cruz because the guys in Pittsburgh, DK, Alex, Chris, they're all over this with, with crew. You got to go check out all the O'Neill Cruz coverage. I'll just say, what the hell took so long? And that's all I got to say about it, really, to be honest with you. Money, 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 money. Um, but speaking of money, Bly Madris was also caught up. And I think that's a great story. Guy that has a very well-deserved uh, call up was hitting the crap out of the ball in AAA. Just an overall great dude. Had the benefit of being able to meet with him last year in Indy and also when he was in Altoona as well. All around great dude. Had a great night Monday night. And I, you could just, there are certain stories that you just love to see. And that's one of them. Look, we get to know these minor leaguers uh, to a degree. Generally, we have. It's been harder the past couple of years because of COVID and restrictions on interviews. But we get to know some of these minor leaguers, and a lot of them are really good guys. And here's the thing. Fans know O'Neill Cruz's name. They don't know O'Neill Cruz. They know Quinn Priester's name. By the way, we're going to talk a good bit about Quinn Priester and Mike Burroughs on the podcast. Today. They know the names. They know Henry Davis. We get to interact with these folks. We know what kind of people they are. Sometimes these prospects, Jared, salt of the earth kind of guys. You really root for them. Not always. Sometimes there are some <laughs> kind of wackos in here. More so in the past. The Pirates have done a good job drafting good people. But it is something when you have a guy that you truly do want to root for. I go back to Josh Harrison, a.k.a. the man, I've probably never rooted for a prospect more than I have Josh Harrison. And everybody in baseball has got the that one or two, three guys that they look at and say, hey, overlooked guy, I really hope he succeeds. Yeah, and a couple of guys for that, for me, I've been covering the team now. This is, I think, year six. And a couple of guys that really hit the nail on the head for that for me are, are both Bly and Cam View, who also was caught yeah. up over the weekend. And he – has been incredible in his first few outings for the pirates. So when you see good guys like that, that have done their time really grinded it out, uh, so to speak, they're not top names. Like when you look at the roster, you see cam view, like probably most more often than not, because of the way you spell it, 
you have no idea how to spell your name, how to spell the name. And, and, but those guys, they come in, they don't wow you, but they come in perform. And that's exactly what the pirates need. But those are guys that are in Pittsburgh now. But let's hang on, talk Jared, about- I, hang on. Let's spend, let's close this segment talking about cam view for a second. I, I do want to add this. That is absolutely a guy that you look at and say, awesome job, dude. For this reason, Camview came to Double A Altoona as a 24-year-old in 2018, had a 3.59 ERA in 15 starts. Good dude on his way up. Came back in 2019, was fantastic, had a 2.23 ERA in 13 starts. Curves pitcher of the year. Fell apart. It absolutely fell apart on Camview in 2021 at Indy. Uh, seven and a half ERA. He got sent back to Altoona as a 27-year-old. Now, here's the thing, Jared. This was 2021. I've covered the curve for 24 years. 20 years ago, it was nothing for a 27, 28-year-old guy to come back to AA. Cam View had to eat a bunch of crap coming back to AA as a 27-year-old guy who had already conquered this level. And at that point in his career, Jared... I'll be honest with you. I'm thinking he's done. I'm I'm just thinking he's done. It's hard to come back to double A at 20. So you you want we want to send out major props to somebody. Sure. We can look at O'Neill Cruz. We can look at Blind Madris. We can look at all these guys that get called up. How about a gigantic, gigantic high five to 28-year-old Cam View, who, pardon my French. He had to eat his shit sandwich, and he made it to Pittsburgh as a 28-year-old rookie. That is a guy that you root for. Yeah, and I love. And the, and the Curve Radio booth, they have a poster of the team from after they won the 2017 Eastern League Championship. And you look through a lot of those guys are no longer with the organization. But Cam View stood out to me, and I mentioned it to uh, lead broadcaster John Moses. And I, I didn't think anything of it at the time. And then by the end of the weekend, he was called up to Pittsburgh. I thought that was really cool. When I was in Pittsburgh, or when I was in Indianapolis uh, a couple of weeks ago, I honestly bypassed Campview. I kind of necessarily said forgot about him, but I really uh, he wasn't on the tip of my tongue uh, for whatever reason. But those are the feel good stories. That's what minor league baseball is all about. Because not everybody is no Neil Cruz. Not everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say silver spoon, but not everybody's this highly touted prospect. There are guys that grind do their time and then have to really perform to get there. And Cam did that when he, I thought when he moved to, to reliever and the same thing happened um, in Altoona with Travis McGregor. Yeah, uh, he was right. also called out. Noe Toribio was also called up to, to triple A to fill those roster spots as well. Um, so it, there was a lot of roster movement um, over the course of the weekend uh, for the pirates and rightfully so guys earned their promotions and I think that's why we are all about the prospects in the, in the Pirates organization, because there are guys like Cruz that, you know, hey, he only just needs to do this thing right. And he's there. But there are guys like Vlad Madrid that are just waiting for their chance, waiting for that one thing. Um, and then Cam View taking advantage of it uh, and guys like that. And, and just the trickle down effect. You see that. And I think that's what makes it so unique. Um, why minor league sports or minor league baseball in particular is so cool. Man, th- this. This is probably going to be one of the best Young Bucks podcasts that we do. Folks, if you're tuning in to hear us analyze O'Neill Cruz, uh, I'm sorry, we're we're not necessarily going to do that right now because to me, this is the better discussion. 
you mentioned Travis McGregor. Travis McGregor was a second-round pick in 2016, six years ago, Jared, six years ago. To be perfectly honest with you, Travis McGregor was terrible last year for the Altoona Curve. I'm not saying it to be mean. Here are the numbers. 22 starts, or 22 games, 21 starts, an ERA of 625. He was awful. Came back this year, moved to the bullpen, fantastic, figured it out, got, I mean, got called up to AAA. That is a guy you root for. And again, so as, as we're talking about the – if folks are listening to a, a, a pro- podcast about prospects, we can talk all we want about Henry Davis and Quinn Priester and Mike Burr, and we will. We're going to talk about all those guys. Jared and I live this stuff. We saw how bad Travis McGregor was last year. Then we saw how terrific Travis McGregor has been this year as a 24-year-old. Again, those are the guys you root for, the guys who have dealt with the adversity and overcome it. It is so easy to look at a guy that just goes up, 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 and everything goes great. Show me the guy that goes up, 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 drops off a cliff, and then finds a way to get back up. I have three rules for the youth kids that I teach. Have fun, try hard, compete. That's what you're talking about, competing. Travis McGregor, Cam View, dealing with all the stuff and overcoming it. I I take my hat off to them. I'm not wearing a hat right now, but – uh, I take my hat off to those guys because those guys earn respect. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's the beauty of minor league baseball compared to other sports, right? In the NBA, you go straight either to the G league now, or you're, I mean, they know, you know, that you're a stud. Um, but you know, it, all, all it takes, and you see this kind of all the time now in motivational things, all it takes is just a slim, a simple piece of belief in one player, one mm-hmm. person. And that's not just baseball, that's basketball, football, that's anything. If you are believed in, if you are believed in, you will go to the end of the earth to prove those guys right and to do right by them. And Drew Bennis the pitching coach, I was having a conversation about McGregor. He got back to a position where he could compete and he wasn't as competitive as a starting pitcher. They moved him to reliever. And, and by the way, let me point out, out real quick. He did miss two years because of injuries. He missed 19 and then and there, 20 was no, was a COVID there was no yes. 20. Right. So yeah. that, go ahead, Jared. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to make sure people, right. knew he missed two full seasons. Yeah. So 2021 was his first time throwing since really 2019. And, you know, it's not like he was a guy that was called to the, the alt site. So he comes in and, you know, last year wasn't the great. He was the opening day starter for Altoona, the home opener. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, he comes in, competes, um, you know, the change of scenery to the bullpen. He's been lights out. And I think that speaks volumes to that character. And that's really what minor league baseball is all about. But we're going to talk about a guy who made his double-A debut here in the second segment of the Young Bucks uh, podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network.
welcome back to the Young Bucks podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates podcast of choice. And Corey, Quinn Priester finally made his long-awaited double-A debut Sunday in Altoona. He had been hampered by injury and mechanical changes. Um, and now he's finally looked like new again. He looked great uh, Sunday for the curve through three scoreless innings, allowed one hit. Now he had a, he had a rough time against in, in uh, Greensboro in a rehab start uh, last week. Uh, three gave two and two thirds innings, gave up five runs, uh, but bounced back with a really good double A debut. I'll tell you what. So what we're going to do in this segment, we're going to kind of talk about Quinn Priester and Mike Burrows, and can kind of continue the theme a little bit of at least in Burrows' case of of a guy who overcame the adversity and really has made himself a, a prospect. We're going to start with Priester because Priester Priester has a chance to be really special. You, you can see the repertoire. You can see everything that he throws. And uh, we have a story here on DK Pittsburgh Sports about him uh, in our top 10 prospects. So he's a guy, first-round pick. You know uh, the pedigree is there. Every, everything you need is there. He, he, the poor guy suffers an oblique injury the last day of spring training. Look, I covered spring training for 15, 16 years going down to Bradenton. You know what guys love about spring training, Jared? They love leaving. They love getting the hell out of Florida. And the last day of spring training, Quinn Priester suffers an oblique injury. So he gets back. He's finally pitching now. I'll tell you, if he – and he's got a lot of season left. He's got the whole second half left. I would expect him to be with the Altoona curve the entire second half. He has a chance to be really, really special. Yeah, and I thought he looked good. The mechanical changes I thought were, were really direct to the plate. Um you know, taking a lot more strain out of his delivery. And I think, you know, that's going to be the the telltale sign. If he can stay healthy, man, this curve team, I think, has a lot of potential this second half, um, you know, which ends the first half of the season ends this week. Uh, so after Sunday, it's a brand new season in the way that the minor leagues work now. And I think we're not going to see very much more along the lines of movement here or there, depending on some IL trips and, and things of that nature, uh, at least – Although I could be wrong. I mean, you just never know how things go. Leobert Piguero is back uh, with the curve. He'll join the team in New Hampshire after his brief stint in the majors uh, over the weekend. And then I think they'll get Nick Gonzalez back here within um, probably sometime in July. So I think this is the team that they're going to ride in the second half of the season. And I think that's a good team to watch out for, even with guys like McGregor now at the, uh, in AAA uh, Sawinski, because he started in single or started in Altoona uh, and Marcano and, and guys like that, even with them, with the Pirates, there's still some some solid prospects in Altoona. Yeah, we have not seen the great Altoona curve prospect roster that we expected to see because it's never been fully intact. Um, Sawinski going up, Priest are not here. Uh, and so on and so forth. So Jared makes a good point. If you're looking to see some good prospects, if you're in Pittsburgh or anywhere central or Western PA, uh, come on over and see the Altoona curve in the second half, because they're still, you're talking Henry Davis, Gorski, Priester. Uh, I mean, there, there's good player, Piguero. There's good Gonzalez, good players here. It should be interesting to see. And I don't think there's going to be you know much movement like you mentioned. And I'm really looking forward to seeing 10, 12 stars, however many it is for Priester, 
because he has a chance, uh, again, to be good. Hopefully he just stays healthy. And so I want to go back to Mike Burrows, who will not be pitching in Altoona. He was called up to AAA, uh, very much deservedly so. Um, I gave a couple couple runs in uh, three innings in his debut. But he's a guy. He is not a Quinn Priester guy in terms of a first-round pick that everybody knew was just going to be great. Mike Burroughs was an 11th-round pick, Jared. Mike Burroughs, and I think I mentioned this on a podcast a week or two ago, he's a guy that he took full advantage of the 2020 no minor league season by going out and turning himself into a prospect. So this is the way minor leagues work. You got the you got the first rounders, the baby, but you know, the bonus babies, that kind of thing. They get their money. They're going to get every opportunity in the world. That wasn't Mike Burroughs. Mike Burroughs was going to have to earn every opportunity. He does that in 2020 by improving. Was awesome last year at uh, Greensboro with a 2.20 ERA. Was fantastic for the curve with a sub three ERA. So as we look now with Priester and Burroughs, we're going to have to keep a real close eye on both of these guys for the second half. Because in terms of the future of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Quinn Priester and Mike Burroughs could be rotation mainstays if they continue along this trajectory. Burroughs is easily this year's Ronzi Contreras. He's a guy that, you know, you got and you expected him to be okay, but he just exploded. Uh, and for the right reasons. I mean, again, you mentioned the COVID year. He talked at length on the Young Bucks podcast before when, when Alex and I were co-hosts. And he talked about what he did and he talked about his workout and his changing everything because a lot of people took going, not being invited to the alt site as a slight. So that made them work harder. They had to go out and find places to work out. They had no access to this, that, and the other thing. And they went out and they did it. And he goes out and competes and, you know, his last start was his worst start before he got uh, promoted. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's a great thing moving forward. I think, you know, him and Priester, as long as they can continue their development, I think they, they can be pretty good. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes because this Altoona team, and we're, I mean, a lot of this is going to be Altoona heavy because we see that team on a regular basis. Uh, and that's not, no disrespect towards Indianapolis. I think they got some great guys too. And even Greensboro, they don't really exist as, as far as media goes. Um, and then Bradenton's uh, got some guys as well, but you know, the guys in Altoona are the team to watch, according to Jonathan Mayo. And um, and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because they got a guy right now who is just strong as an ox. And, and it's a weird comparison, Corey, and I think maybe some people might understand this, but he reminds me a lot of raw strength capabilities of Brad Eldred, big country. Because this dude, when you look at him swing, it does not look like it is all put together. It is chaos in a swing. But, man, when he hits the ball and connects, that ball flies. Yeah, we're talking about Matt Gorski. Let's do this, Jared, because I think this is a good opportunity. Let's, let's end this segment, and we'll talk about Gorski in the third segment because there is a lot to talk about with Matt Gorski and how minor league baseball has changed. He's 24 years old. Is he too old? Is he just doing this because he's an older guy? I, I think I think that's a really good discussion we can have in the third segment. That's a good point, Corey. So we'll wrap this segment up here on the Young Bucks Podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We'll catch you on the flip side.
welcome back to the Young Bucks podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Geiger, I'm Prugar. And Corey, over the short break, Matt Gorski just hit another home run. This time it <laughs> went over the parking garage in dead center field at People's Natural Gas Field. Corey, he hit a ball 460 feet over the weekend. Now, I'm not one to, you know, do a lot of math. It hurts. But that's far. <laughs> he, he, he's a, a big, strong guy. 22 homers, 52 RBIs between Greensboro and Altoona. The OPS is uh, uh, 1033, which is fantastic. Here's the discussion. Now, he was a second-round pick in 2019, and he's just now getting to double-A a few weeks ago at, at 24. So here's, here's where things get interesting to me with minor league baseball, with the way we view prospects. Matt Gorski is not one of our top 10 prospects here at DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's not one of the top 10 or top 20 uh, you know, that you'll find really anywhere. As of right now, maybe he's working his way into it. Well, why is that? Is it because he's 24 years old and he's just now getting to double A? It is fascinating, Jared. I've covered the Altoona Curve since 1999. You have watched the Altoona Curve since 1999, and you've covered them for a number of years as well. 24 used to be nothing. 24 years old in double A really was never an issue until it became an issue. And now we're in this situation, we're in this era now and it's especially true with the Pirates because they need to find out about these guys young so they can sign them to extended contracts and blah, blah, blah. But Matt Gorski is not getting the love that you would think a guy with 22 home runs tied for the minor league lead would be getting. And, and it's, it's clearly because he's 24 years old. Yeah, the game has kind of changed. The, it, it's, it's very different because, you know, this is a guy – it's weird to look at age now because everybody lost a year of COVID. So uh, this essentially should have been his year 23 season where he's in Altoona. And then it's really not that bad, but it's a year older. And it's, it's really interesting to see now he's kind of jumped up on a lot of things. I mean, you know, you, you look at his statistics uh, in 2019 in, in West Virginia, back when their short season ball, after he was drafted out of Indiana, he hit 233, um, OBP 297, slugging 346. And then in 2021 in Greensboro, 95, he played 95 games. Um, obviously, was I don't believe he was invited to the alt site uh, by any means. Um, hit 223, but he hit 17 homers. Well, now he gets sent to Greensboro, and that's where he has a breakout season to start the year. And now he's just continued that torrid pace. He had 17 home runs in Greensboro before being called up just a couple weeks ago. And now he's hit five since being in Altoona. He was hitting 294. If you can hit in 37 games, if you can hit 294 with 17 home runs, that is an incredible, incredible statistic. It is 1131 OPS. And what we always have to consider is, is he just older than the league? And sure enough, I mean, that does stuff that does come into play. I mean, a 24 year old in high A, yeah, you would expect him to knock the crap out of the ball. That's just the way it is. But what happens is we just kind of start to hold things against a player. If they don't, if a prospect 
doesn't just crush it for the first year or two, what happens to him, Jared? And, and, and again, Gorski was a second-round pick. What happens to him? We kind of forget about him. We That's overlook right. them. We, we start to think, okay. So, you know, it, it's, like, it's like NFL quarterbacks, a uh, uh, first, second-round pick in, uh, as a quarterback in the NFL. If they don't perform year one, year one and a half, they're just, they're just tossed aside. They're forgotten about. Minor league baseball did not used to be like that. Yeah, uh, the, the top draft picks were always going to get benefits of the doubts for three, four, five years, but still there, there was more patience. I talk about this a lot. John Grabo, who pitched in the big leagues for a long time, pitched for the Altoona Curve for parts of four seasons. Yeah. Jared Hughes pitched in the big leagues for a long time, pitched for the Altoona Curve for parts of four seasons. It, they used to take their time. They used to wait. That's just not the case anymore. Everybody's in a hurry to get these guys up. And look, again, Jack Sawinski. Jack Sawinski made his way up very quickly and, and is certainly paying dividends. But with a guy like Gorski, is he for real? Is, are the 22 home runs legit and everything he's doing this year, is it legit? Or is it a one-year deal where an older guy is finally fit, you know, uh, putting pressure on himself to perform? Well, you know, we'll see the rest of the season and next season, but we cannot overlook what Gorski has done. I mean, he, he's been very impressive. Yeah. And I mean, listen, everybody that I've talked to on the coaching staff and as both John Nunley and Kyron Madison, he is strong. Like, like to put us in perspective, he is a right-handed hitter. A lot of his, because of the way that he hits the balls, he is um, an opposite field kind of guy. He's putting balls into places where left-handed players can't pull them at people's natural gas field. You know, he is, again, if you've ever been to people's natural gas field, dead center is 405 feet away from home plate. There's a, there's about a 20 foot wall. It seems. uh, And then a parking garage, probably about 50 feet, uh, maybe 60 feet beyond that. He one hopped the garage the other day or on Saturday that from dead on a dead center ball is absurd to me. That strength is unmatched. You can't teach that type of strength. So if he can figure everything out and, and listen, his, his mechanics are chaotic and, but they're working. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues to play. Cause if he can get those kind of that, those really honed in, that's going to play big time as he continues up the ladder, which I think he can very well see himself in AAA if things go right moving forward yeah he it's interesting he i i i could see if i mean he has a great another month month and a half without tuna they they should and again this is all part of the age thing 24 years old already and he turns 25 uh not until december so he'll be 24 all year uh, but again th- these are the things that everybody has to weigh these are the the things that the pirates have to look at and if you start to perform in double a at a high, very high level the age part doesn't matter as much. If you're Matt Fraser and you're kind of crushing it last year as, as an older guy, again, that would be my comparison. Matt Fraser, I'm pulling up the numbers as we speak. He was 23 at Greensboro last year and crushed it. That's older, older than the league, typically. So, uh, and Matt Fraser has kind of come back down a little bit this year. You do have to pay attention to the, to the age and where you are. But at the end of the day, to me, and this has always been the case, Jared, if you show you can produce in double A, I don't care if you're 21, 24, 27, 
you have a shot to produce in the big league. So I, I definitely think Matt Gorski has a shot to produce with the Buccos. Yeah, I think so too. And now it'll be interesting to see how things go with them moving forward. Um, but again, you know, they've got some talent there and they've got some depth. Uh, and I like playing the young guys, man. I like, I like seeing guys like Diego Castillo play. Um, I like seeing guys like Piguero get a chance. You know, a, a lot of it is logistics. And I think that's the benefit of being less than two hours away from an affiliate. Right. The Pirates obviously have utilized the curve quite a bit this year with every guy, everybody that they've called up that 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 route from Route 22. You hop on, um, you turn left out of PNG Field, you make another left and then get on I-99 going towards uh, Route 22 and Evansburg. uh, And then you just ride that all the way into the tunnels and all the way to the North shore into PNC park. And it's about an hour and 45 minutes. I've done that drive more times than I can count between going to pirates games and going to school at Robert Morris for four years and working there for three. Um, it's a nice, simple drive, man. But the, the pirates use that highway quite a bit. And I, and for good reason too, man, you gave me the perfect opportunity to tell the story. I love to tell. I walk into Bradenton at Pirate City, 1999, my uh, first year, first spring training covering the Altoona Curve. Off on one of the fields is Willie Stargell. Willie's talking to 25, 30 minor leaguers. I go over to to talk to him. I say, Mr. Stargell, I'm Corey Geiger from the Altoona Mirror here covering the new double-A franchise. He says, Altoona? I've been to Altoona. Route 22 is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because if you've driven route 22, at least, at least 25 and 30 years ago, there was construction on route 22, literally nonstop. So Jared, you, three years ago, <laughs> you, yeah, right. The, the construction, I think is finally over. Uh, there's uh, still, there's still construction. Is there still, it will, okay. it will uh, always be perpetually under construction because I, I always will, seem to hit it. I'll always remember what route 22 is terrible. So uh, if you, if you're a Pirates fan, you want to come on over to Altoona. Uh, I, I want to share this other story, too. The movie Flashdance. Phenomenal movie, Flashdance. Did you know Jennifer Beale's character in Flashdance is from Altoona? And here's the quote. Michael Nury says, so where are you from? She says, Altoona, Pennsylvania. And he says, what's life like in Altoona, Pennsylvania? Jennifer Beale says, just the next lifeless planet over. So if you're in the Pittsburgh area and you want to come to the next lifeless planet over, there's some pretty damn good baseball players here for the curve for the rest of the season. That's right. And Corey, before we go, let's talk top 10 for about two minutes because we are going to have to come up with a new top 10 here. I would say next week with everything that's going on with Cruz, he finally gets his debut this season. Well, not necessarily his debut, but his season debut in the majors. We're, he's going to graduate now. He graduated. We have the new top 10. It'll come out. It's already out. If you're listening to this, it's already out. It's basically the same. I just moved everybody up one spot, and I had to add uh, one player at the end. That player is Bubba Chandler. As we are speaking here, I, I saw a tweet that Bubba Chandler just hit his second home run of the Florida Coast League season. That's from John Drecker earlier today. Uh, so he's that pitcher and uh, middle infielder. So he is a two-way prospect. Bubba Chandler will enter the top 10, uh, our top 10 prospects. 
That's a guy I'm very, very intrigued. We're both, we both cover college football folks, Jared and I. That's a guy that turned down going to play quarterback at Clemson so he could go live in the minor leagues, for goodness sake. So uh, Bubba Chandler is really the only new addition we've got for the top ten this week. Well, the only, the only thing the minor leagues and college football have in common is that the room and board is pretty much paid for. You get to live life, life like a king in college football, though, brother. Yeah, it's not like minor, that in the minors. The minor league lifestyle ain't that, man. That's for sure. Long bus rides. For some, they result in a trip across Route 22. For, for <laughs> Route others, 22 is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pop said it best himself. So we'll leave on that quote. For Corey Geiger, this has been Jared Prugar on the Young Bucks podcast. Your Pittsburgh Pirates prospects podcast of choice on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Mm-hmm.